Uh, Breaker 10-9-10-9. We got a case 123 over on uh, northbound 99 Highway. Please respond. This is a uh, breaker, breaker boy. Uh, sorry, I forgot my call sign right after you said it, but uh, uh, I can respond. What's the problem? No worries, breaker, breaker boy. This is breaker big daddy six six two. We got a case one three. We got a, a stranded kitten inside of a tree. Uh, please respond over to one zero two Olive Place. Over. Oh, breaker big daddy. I'm so sorry to hear that. I'll be right on my way. Help! Help! Mr. Whiskers, please! Please come down! Please come down! Oh my gosh! I'm here to help! Oh! I can get your kitten down! Oh, are you Breaker Boy? Thank you! Dispatch said they were sending the best! Yes, now, uh, my usual go-to is to figure out what the cat likes and find something that we can play out loud that'll make it want to come down that it likes. Do you have any ideas? Mr. Whiskers only likes three things in this world. It likes second wave ska, uh, it likes uh, live wire, and it likes the collective podcast. Let's get started. Play. Hello. Hello, everybody. I'm Alejandro. And I am Cody Kratz. And welcome to yet another episode. Today is a special one. We're going to finish our interview with Cody Kratz for our Get to Know Our Members episode. Um, and we're just going to shoot the shit, talk about life, talk about real things, talk about the man of the hour, which is Cody, our beloved co-host. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Very excited to introduce myself to uh, the World Wide Web. So, yeah, um, let's get started with just you can have a simple introduction. Uh, what are your pronouns? What do you do here at UW? What do you do here in the collective? Just give us the basic rundown. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, like I said earlier, my name is Cody Kratz. I, I use he, him pronouns. Uh, I'm a transfer student here at the University of Washington. Uh, I don't really know what that means in terms of what year I'm in. Maybe a junior, I think, probably. Uh, I, mm. I did a year of college uh, at uh, Hawaii Pacific University back in like 2015. And then I had to take a break from school. But now I'm back. I'm back. Ready to get my education. Uh, I'm an English back major. In action. Back in action again. Uh, I'm an English major and I'm working my way through that uh, so that I can graduate and not have a job because <laughs> English majors have a hard life. Uh, but yeah, and now, and, and I'm in the collective and I'm a co director of podcasts and uh, a co director of publicity within the, the collective. Whoop, whoop. And we're very happy to have you in both of these positions. I think that it'll be a good year for our podcast, good year for media in general. Yeah. Um, Let's get right to it. So you mentioned that uh, rather solemnly that you're not sure how how you'll get a job as an English major. But what what about the world of English has drawn you to major in that? So in high school... uh... I found out very quickly that I am terrible uh, in STEM. So math, physics, uh, none of that is really, really my strong suit. I did mm. really poorly in those classes. So I realized that I wasn't going to do that when I went to college because I wanted to get good grades, 
which I didn't get in high school. Uh, and I found out I was pretty good at English and I read books good. And I did theater, mm -hmm. which consequently a lot of that theater was done in English as well. So <laughs> already kind of having the background in like, Shakespeare uh, made like some of the harder texts to read, like the old Canterbury and Chaucer and mm -hmm. Chopin and like the older texts a little bit more palatable because I'd already kind of been exposed to like old English or just, you know, more formal uh, styles of writing, which I think is what that's that's what turns off a lot of people from English, you know, are the classics. Oh, uh, yeah, it really kills me when people don't like Shakespeare. Um, I'm a nerd about it, too. I, I, I feel you. Um, what's your favorite Shakespeare by by any chance? Uh, it's a little biased because, and, and a little problematic actually. Now that I think about it, so uh, in high school, we had a pretty small theater apartment because we were in northern Idaho, uh, and mm -hmm. also because of that fact, I was like the only brown person in my theater department. Uh, we read mm -hmm. we read Othello in our theater class, and I was like reading for Othello just as you know the text. And then my teacher was like, all right, well, I guess we're going oh, I, I guess we're gonna do Othello as a production because we got you. And I was like, oh, no. So I had to play. I, I, I played Ooh. Othello. Uh, and I really, really liked the text. Uh, but we handled it respectfully. You know, I, I didn't do fucking blackface. Thank God. So, but yeah, it was, <laughs> it, yeah, it was a phenomenal role. It was a phenomenal time to do a lot of research and, and you know, give that role the respect it deserves, you know, because you know, fucking Anthony Hopkins was Othello and you can't just like try right. and one up him and be like, yeah, I'm Othello now. <laughs> yeah. Why all white the theater departments really do narrow the, the ways you can, the, the certain things you can play mm -hmm. for sure. And now that love of theater has brought you to the collective. Yeah. Do you have a, what's your story for how you got on? How'd you audition? What do you, what, what drew you in? Well, so I was like really, really into improv in high school. I was a pretty big theater kid. Uh, I started uh, the improv troupe uh, at my high school and was in it for all four years and uh, had a big blast. You know, was was the was the big fish in the small pond, so to say. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I had to take a big break because of work uh, in between high school and college, like I said. And so when I got back and got back in education and wanted to go to UW, I was like, man, like I would love to like figure out what this collective thing is all about. I, I creeped hard. I, I knew about the collective before I uh, started fall quarter and I had like listened to a bunch of these podcasts and had asked people like what their deal was and who they were and like uh, what the auditions were like. And I listened to like the podcast audition tape over and over and over again to figure out what was going on. And then, uh, went to the fair and found out when it was and showed up and was very grateful that I was able to uh, get on the team on my first on my first audition. So you were a stan of the collective even before you were had set foot on campus long before. Yeah, I it was a, a little bit of a infatuation, a little bit of a pipe dream to get on the team. And I'm very, very happy to be a part <laughs> of it now. And I also just love that podcast was your gateway into that. And now here you are full circle as the co-director of podcast. Here I am. I love it. Yeah. Driving it forward. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've always kind of enjoyed like talking and like orating and that aspect of theater uh, and in improv kind of being quick on your feet and quick witted in the tongue, gift of gab. So mm -hmm. podcast was like a really natural 
fit for like my interests. And when I found out that the collective had it, it podcast i lost it you know i freaked out i was like i i want to get involved <laughs> with this and i remember even when uh last season when you and kev were the were the co-directors i bugged you guys so much about podcasts what you guys were doing when you guys were recording could i get on a podcast could i and luckily you guys were able to right. put up with me enough to where i was actually fortunate to be on a podcast with you guys the one recorded podcast we yes. made last year. <laughs> the one podcast yeah. last year. And it was a good one, I thought. I thought, I thought we did a good job. Yeah, me too. Um, so, what? I, I hear you talking a lot about theater, so I would love to continue talking more about that. Um, what, in, in between that time in high school and coming here, what other theater projects were you involved in before it became like an academic thing? Well, it was actually something that I really wanted to commit to in terms of like my occupation. So like when I was in high school, I wanted to apply to like a conservatory and go like the real hardcore route. So I applied mm. to like, uh, like AMDA, the American musical and dramatic, uh, Academy out in New York, um, uh, was accepted to that. I applied to like BU's theater program to Elon's universe, uh, theater program. Uh, wow. and I, I really, really wanted to go, but the, universities were like 57 grand a year and i was like out of state tuition and oh. i couldn't get enough loans so i was like man there is no fucking way i'm gonna be able to go to any of these schools and do these conservatory programs so reality kicked in and i it's and so i stopped it yeah but the passion never died for it but now it's much more of like a side thing to keep my like brain and heart engaged yeah i find it really keeps me connected like it keeps me passionate about something in my life yeah to have theater going on yeah yeah i love that especially because i'm working full-time and like i'm working in an industry where it's not really uh conducive to having like an emotional state so like in between high school or like in between my first year of college and coming back to education because I'm, I'm i'm a little older because i'm 24 now mm -hmm. uh, so i had a like a pretty big gap uh coming back and like rediscovering my like emotions and like what it means to be in theater uh was really really great mm. for like my personal development i love that yeah um what where do you work nowadays uh so i am actually in the navy in the united states navy mm -hmm. i enlisted uh after my first year of college after i found out that i couldn't afford to keep doing that and support my family uh, at the same time, because I was working full time in Hawaii and going to school and paying like the bills back home. And it just like was too much. And my sister had to go to college. So I joined the Navy so I could support them and stuff. Uh, That's a lot of responsibility on you. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a mess, but I, you know, I, I did it and I was like, just going to do it and then get out and be done. But uh, I was fortunate enough to be accepted into a program that sent me back to school, sent me to a university of my choosing to finish out my degree. Uh, and then I'll go back out and do another five years afterwards. And then I can kind of choose whether to get out or stay in. Uh, so mm. it's been a really awesome opportunity to be able to come back to university life and finish out my degree. And while I'm at it, you know, do theater again and, you know, have fun and hang out and relax after working for so long. So we've talked about the school and work and 
all of that. What do you do on your downtime? What where, what are you doing when it's just you being you? Uh we're really diving into my to my skeletons in my closet. I only if you're wearing like we don't have to go into the closet. It's a pretty dark secret and I try not to tell many people, but I'm a huge gamer. Like I'm a capital G uh gamer oh. fuel crushing up Doritos and blending it up with Mountain Dew type gamer. Ooh, okay. Uh, well, in that case, <laughs> podcast done. Yeah. I can't talk to you. <laughs> Thanks for being on. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I used to play, I used to play a lot. Like I was, it kind of took over my life when I was younger, you know, uh, like in the single, like high single digits tween age, like, you know, 12, 13, when the Xbox and stuff came out. Uh, mm-hmm. But then like being away at work and then like having to come home and like only do something for a couple hours, I was able to reconnect with like my like my best friends from high school and stuff and be able to play online and just kind of hang out while doing something uh mm, yeah so it's it's great recreation for me and it's not like super super intensive or super expensive kind of it can be expensive but i'm much more of a you know find like a game and play it for way too long and you know save a bunch of money i relate to that i definitely it makes me sad now how games tend to be like new ones tend to be like 60 or 70 bucks and that seems ridiculous yeah no it is like we would play uh like minecraft was like a big one that you can kind of just go in and like fuck off and the game's like 30 dollars and you can sink like you can sink like a thousand hours into it and it's like you've still only paid 30 bucks you know right it, it sticks with you um, what are some of your other favorites that you have liked to play for a long time? Uh, oh man. So I used to play a lot of, a lot of like shooters, like call of duty and stuff like that, but I haven't really done that mm-hmm. too much anymore. Uh, mostly cause I have a new, I have like a PC. So I used to be a console, a, a console fanboy for a long time. Cause that was just what I had. I started with like the N64 and played like the old, uh, Mario Kart and, uh, like mm-hmm. Pokemon snap was a big one for me. Uh, so, oh, is that the one where you take pictures? Exactly. Of I think they're remaking oh. it for the Switch now. Oh, right. Yeah, I yeah. have heard that. But now I have a PC, so I've been trying to slowly get into the PC gaming area and play like uh, mm-hmm. strategy games or like Sea of Thieves is a big one that we play a lot. Big pirate game, kind of hang out. Mm. Uh, it's a really good time. Some other people in the collective play it as well, and it's kind of fun to go in and role play and kind of just escape for a couple hours, you know? Yeah, the R- RPG types where you, you can like get into the the like story and yes. character of it. Yeah, oh, that's fun. It's really nice. Yeah. Do um do you play D and D at all? It sounds like you could get into it in the same sense. So here's the thing that's that's something I've always wanted to get into. Uh, but I've always had to shrug off like the weird cultural stigma around D and D. So I was always kind of ashamed of it. Uh, and I I never mm. I never played it. But my my three best friends, my, my friend group that I've known for almost a decade now, uh, are all really big into D and D, and I haven't played it yet because we're you know not together. Obviously, they're somewhere in Idaho, somewhere in Washington. Uh, mm-hmm. The next time they plan something, we're all going to get together. You know, COVID, you know, playing nicely, of course, uh, and they're going to take my my D and D virginity and give me that first experience so it's right right because my friends are like super good at uh dming and stuff and i i would love now you know especially after refining my improv and getting back into theater and stuff and rediscovering that side of me like 
jumping into a character and really role playing and going hard with uh character building and world building and stuff sounds like so much fun oh yeah i'm excited for you actually that was one of those things where i thought yeah like as an improv person i feel i thought i would really get into dnd but i i can't get into it in the same way i i don't know why really something about the way that um the way that like your actions have consequences because there's an actual world with rules in the dnd whereas an improv you're everything's like spontaneous yeah and i feel like there's less pressure on me that makes sense i feel like yeah because i've been told that like once you know if your character dies in dnd like it's like it's just over like your character is just dead <laughs> unless someone yeah. can like revive you or something but there's there's stakes i guess Hmm. all right so another segue i guess we can go down um we've talked about uh many types of art what about music what kinds of music do you like listening to if at all no yeah i'm i'm a big music guy uh not as much on like the production side because I am not talented enough to be able to make music, but I, <laughs> I, I, I listen to quite a bit. I think I'm always playing music in my apartment. I actually can't stand to have quiet surroundings, which might be a sign that there's something wrong in my life that I can't sit with my own thoughts, but that's another podcast topic. <laughs> uh, or it could just be like, you need some stimulation. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a closer approximation of what's happening, but, uh, Honestly, I think it has something to do with my love for like speaking and words and stuff like that, that I'm, mm. I'm super into to like hip hop and rap, like especially like the 90s Ooh. where it was all very, very like verbose and like wordplay, like MF Doom and like Biggie and Big L and stuff like that. Uh, uh, yes. Having like really, really trick rhymes and stuff like that and really slippery fucking uh, speech patterns is it was it's amazing to me. And uh now it's gotten to a point where i have so many of them memorized that if i hear them in anything in like a movie or in public or i'm at a party and music is playing i can't physically not say the words along with the song like i love that even if i'm talking to somebody and the music's on in the background i will like mouth the words while i'm listening to somebody talk to me it's (laughs) it's probably pretty irritating but I, i it's such a weird habit i can't break it i love it though what are, what are some other of your favorite rappers? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm a big into Warren G. My favorite is Tribe Called Quest, uh, Rip, Rip Fife Dog. He's, he's, he's my main man. Um, you know, like the nice rappers. Uh, obviously, you have <laughs> to pay respects to like the greats, you know, Dre and Tupac, Jay-Z. Uh, I, I think I'm much more into New York scenes and the East Coast scenes. Got it. Uh, I think the the speech patterns and like the rhyme scheme is a little more concrete in the concrete jungle. And in the West, it's much more open flowy about melody. Uh, there seems to be a little bit more of that in West coast. So you're, you're about like the lyrical nature of it, the, the what's being said more than the, the musicality of the, the words. Yeah. I, I think it's much more about the music within the words itself. I think language is really, really beautiful in the ways that, the sounds come out of our mouths and the ways that we can like stack up consonants and make mm. uh like cacophonous symphonies with just language right that we don't like we are our own musical instruments oh uh, even the uh, way you just said cacophonous symphonies that even that just got me going 
It's incredible, so, right? It's beautiful. Do you um, get into a lot of poetry within your major? Is that like, or do you take classes for poetry or just enjoy I've had it a couple general? of, yeah, I've had a couple of English classes that actually uh, touch on poetry. One was like having uh, like critical practices, like in terms of being able to look at a poem critically and break it down uh, and kind of practice your critique. Uh, that was a poetry centered class. It was really enlightening. Uh, my professor, I think I shared a lot of similarities with him in terms of what he finds beautiful is the way that poetry sounds when it's spoken, right? And that's the whole thing, like between mm -hmm. poetry and Shakespeare, it's not about uh, what's on paper. It's about how it sounds when it's read. Right. And I know a lot of like the ancient epic poems, those are inseparable from music and to just read them is not even remotely the same as how they would have been performed. No, definitely not. Right. Yeah, it's like uh, the same with like Dr. Seuss or something like you. It's so much more fun to hear it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if you look at like, like you were saying, ancient texts, if you look at like ancient, like holy scriptures, you look at like the Indian uh, Vedas, like those were sung. The Quran is like a very mm -hmm. musical uh, text. Like it's, you know, humans have figured this out a long time ago. And I think we've started to lose sight of that. And I think as weird as it sounds, I think hip hop has kind of kept that alive, right? At least certain genres of it certain aspects of it mm. uh, not to discredit anybody who's super into like melody and chorus based hip-hop because i think that has a place too but there's there's still some vedic scripture like esque rap songs out there <laughs> that's such a cool connection i love hearing everyone's personal relationship with music like that yeah it's what makes a i don't know it's a it's a beautiful thing about humanity i agree i love that and of course like even just pairing poetry with music it makes it easier to memorize you can memorize yeah. these big epic poems as as a single person and perform them i find that incredible how easy it, that music can make that yeah the human memory is is pretty incredible and i love your your memories too you've had a lot of good interesting stories to tell you're such an intersectional person it's been great to hear about your life, your interests in school and otherwise. Um, and now one more thing that we could, uh, I'd like to ask to, for you to dig from your memory is, do you have any closing words of wisdom for our audience? Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you for the praise. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see, closing words of wisdom. It's weird because we asked this question to other people as well, and now it's getting turned around on me. <laughs> and now I'm lost without it. Uh, let's 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 think here. Let's give it a sec. Now you know how it feels to be in the hot seat. Um, I would say that perspective is a very very uh, pivotal point of our own experiences, right? Mm. Uh, I think I think a lot of the time people get trapped inside their own vision cone, and they only see what's ahead of them. Uh, mm -hmm. or behind them as it relates to their own well-being. And I think that expanding that vision cone and seeing things from other people's perspectives and the ways that people live their lives and their experiences and that big profound effect when you realize that everybody is their own person who's loved and lost and have their own aspirations and dreads and fears uh, lets you check yourself and it lets you kind of relate and empathize with other people better and i think moving forward 
you have to be able to go at it with other people, right? You cannot yeah. take care of just yourself. Well, right? humans, humans aren't meant to be alone. They're meant to be with other people. Um, and if you can't see through the eyes of someone else, you're never going to be able to connect with other people. Hmm. That's beautiful. Thanks. And you know, I, I feel like art and music and yeah, art and music are ways for us to connect in, on that level because it's hard for us to connect directly sometimes. Yeah, I, I think I think people are scared. I'm scared, you know, to talk it about, is scary. you know, just that straight without a medium. And I think art and like music especially is like a medium to discuss those kinds of things, right? Fears and, and whatnot. Uh, so whatever it takes to make people interact like i'm for it you know i'm i'm, I'm all about it and like I, podcast. I, I like this yeah i i love this i love having this this medium to dump all of my insecurities on uh you're welcome <laughs> potential hundreds of thousands of worldwide viewers you thought you were getting improv but no you're getting some <laughs> real shit psych you're feeling emotions now how about it <laughs> Well, thank you so much for that perspective, Cody. I love to hear the way you talk about life. Um, the, this is, has been the second co-director interview. We're going to start getting on to our the rest of the members of the collective. Um, we're excited to, yeah, just get to know our audience on a more like friendly level because we want you to see us as people because that's who we are. Um, yeah, we're excited think, to get going with our improv too. It's gonna make the improv better once we do it too, because you're gonna know you're gonna be like, oh, look at Cody. Here's this soft motherfucker talking about music and shit, and now he's playing <laughs> like a dog, right? And it's gonna make it seem <laughs> even better uh, that you know who we are as people and as improv or uh, and as improvisers. The so, duality of improv, <laughs> exactly. So thank you as well. Uh, you know uh, this program is made possible by viewers like you so thank you pbs thank you all right i've been alejandro <laughs> and i've been cody and this has been the collective podcast thank you so much for tuning in uh we'll throw another episode at you next monday at noon stay tuned for the next interview we love you all and goodbye goodbye goodbye